Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. Da-da-da-da. It's I'm Electric Finish with Court and Amy, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Hey, y'all. Howdy. Hey, hi, hey, hi. Howdy, howdy, how. Um... <laughs> We we don't uh, we don't like to start things on a on a downer note because there's enough in the world going on. But um, yesterday, uh, yesterday, um, I, I you know the word uh, Courtney. We were talking about this. The word legend is highly overused. The word iconic is overused, and and the whole concept of the culture. I, I think we can agree it's highly overused. But the- I mean, it's like if I hear one, per- one person say the culture, the culture, I'm like, we're not some monolithic group. What culture? Like, I understand the culture, but the culture is broadened and it's expanded. And it is true. People use that for so many people. But this guy. Yeah. So Greg, <laughs> the writer, Greg, well, he was more than a writer, the writer, intellectual critic, musician, Greg Tate passed away on uh, December 7th. Um, 64 years old, which is way too young. And, um, I don't, the cause of death doesn't even matter, but I don't know the cause of death. Um, the thing is, is that, well, first off, I I am not going to be as bold to say as we were friends in the sense that we hung out, but I certainly knew him. I had seen him at any number of musical events and, and we had tons of mutual friends and, and at parties and he was just a super nice guy. So we'll start there. Yeah. Super nice guy. Always a big hug. Um, His Facebook postings were, I I will freely admit that a lot of the stuff that I post on our Facebook page, I saw that Tate had done it. And I went, Ooh, Tate scouring the guardian (laughs) first thing in the morning. And um, somebody wrote a great thing. They said the only writer not trying to be Greg Tate, was Greg Tate. Right. <laughs> because I, I would say a good half of the writers out there, and I don't think they'll be insulted, younger writers were, were doing their homage to Greg Tate, whether they realized it or not. So he was, right. those of you who don't know who he was, he um, he got his start as a, a writer in the Village Voice, um, 1987, I believe he was hired, 1989, or early, early um got to start in the village voice was one of the first if not one of the most impactful writers about black music and hip-hop um great just a great writer I, I, i'm not gonna lie i used to read his stuff and go what the fuck is he talking about <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, he was like the king of verbiage and the king of the unbelievable spellings and and, and just phraseology and i'm not gonna lie he was so smart. I'd go, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. Um, became an essay as one of his collections, uh, his collections of his writing, uh, Flyboy in the Buttermilk, which is one of the great, great titles of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 and then he founded um, Burnt Sugar Orchestra. 
I, I don't know. I mean, you know, and the thing is, is that he wasn't like in the declining years of his career. He's still no. doing stuff. Still doing he, was, stuff. he was still very relevant to it. Very all. relevant. If you saw Summer of Soul, that's Greg opining. Um, you know, he's in pretty much every documentary. He just wrote the uh, the catalog notes for the Basquiat exhibit um, this summer in Boston. Yeah, it wasn't like he was some guy resting on his laurels. He was still making those laurels. Right. And so, and again, I'm not going to be so arrogant to say he was my, he's someone I just really liked. He was a really nice guy. I was always really glad to see him. Uh, he welcomed me to the grandparent club this year, which was nice. I hadn't seen him physically. Like most of us, we hadn't seen people in a really long time. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it, it hit me. It really hit me. And I'm very grateful that I found out uh, from a friend as opposed to reading it on social media. Right. Yeah. And, and I found out from you as opposed to reading it on yeah, social media. And, and that's the way you should find. But I will say, and you know this, Courtney, because you live in Harlem, the Apollo's sign is a tribute to him. To, they put up a sign uh, memorializing mm -hmm. him. And it's he really. Mean, he means something to the Black community. He means something to the music community he means something to the journalism community he listen like you said the, a lot of words are thrown around about a lot of people but this man's work i mean you guys there's so much of it you can just google his name and 35 so years much yeah. of it yeah. you'll understand why and you know i feel like um you know we always talk about things that seem our generation and and are really sort of moments in this entertainment madness and when those people start to die and you know it's it just it's another one that just feels weird you know well it just does. yeah and again and now i obviously knew he was greg tate i mean he's one of those guys greg tate iron man greg tate you know tate. Right. but what's kind of one my, of those people who's both names right yeah greg yeah tate. yeah great tate or tate <laughs> but what's really kind of mm -hmm. to see I was like, holy crap, man, here's the obit. Here's the obit in Vulture. Here's the obit in Rolling Stone. I'm sure the mm. Times is going to rock. He just was. And he was an intellectual. <coughs> he, was, he was like the people's intellectual. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I don't know. Great taste in music. Why? Just a good person. He leaves behind, a, you know, a family. He leaves behind legions of friends. I mean, the tributes it's just very very sad so right. i mean rest in peace greg k please if you have not read his work again you may not understand it because a lot of people it's he had his own really unique way of expressing things but his love for music and his love for black people and his love of creativity shines through and so rest in peace greg tate i am glad i got to know you and um yeah rest in peace okay yeah. All right. All right. Um, all right. Let's uh, um, from the sublime to the ridiculous. Oh, mm. Jesus. I don't even I, Drake. <laughs> OK, here's yeah. what I want to say about <laughs> about Drake. And he's what now I really ask, you know, do I think that um, the Grammys have issues with just some nominees? Sometimes, yeah, okay, great. But you guys asked for a lot of changes. A lot of changes have happened. I don't understand what some of them want. Like, nobody's going to ever be 100% happy with not being nominated. And just because you have 
the most popular records of the year doesn't mean it's the best. And I think when it comes to the Grammys, that's how it should be. Two, I don't like these artists who are, listen, you can have your issue, right? But I, I don't like the breaking down of everything that is ceremonial that certain people love. You know what? If the Grammys don't mean anything to you, don't ever submit your music again. You don't have to. It's fine. I don't think you make Grammy-nominated, Grammy-worthy music anyway, especially on this record. You're the popular guy at the moment. You're not the best guy at the moment, but that's just my opinion, but that's for a whole other show. I just think with... Fine. You pull your, you want to pull your nominations out. That's great. No problem. You don't want to give a reason. That's great. No problem. But you guys, everybody keeps asking for changes. They change committees, but it's never, we see a whole bunch of new nominees. There's a lot of people being infused in different categories. And I just don't understand what people actually want. Do you want to be able to design how, how the category is going to look? I mean, what are you not happy about this time? I feel like it is always something and it's always something with him. And I personally think the Grammys still count. And I think it's a great yeah. honor when you get one. Yes. Um, and if you don't want one, it's fine. Yeah, but like, no one's asking you. To, but, no, but, it's not obligatory. And guess what? The Grammys don't just nominate you. People at your label or your management team submit you for Grammys. You're submitted for these categories. So how about this? Just don't. Tell your people, I don't want to be submitted anymore. And that's it. But I'm so tired of you making some grand national stand about the Grammys when it's just like, if you don't want one, don't submit for one. And it won't be a problem. It yeah. really won't. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, first off, this International Lover Boy was got terrible reviews. All right. So neither here nor there, you know, and you're right. It's not always the most popular. There are some things where they acknowledge popularity, but it got terrible reviews. You know, I just have a feeling that Drake is just a, is whiny. He's just a whiny boy and nothing will be good enough for him. He didn't get he doesn't get this. He doesn't. I will tell you, you know, so you we don't always get what you want. Fucking you Diana want Ross never got a Grammy for any well, of those music, any of that music, anything with, the, you know, with the Supremes. It's like, come on. Well, if anybody should be bitching over a career that deserved a, a bunch of Grammys, you know what I mean? It's like, in great, Drake, you actually have some Grammys. And quite frankly, I just don't understand people's fascination with him and his music. I never have. Well, it's I like, do. Do I you? Do. Yes. <laughs> Why? Went, but we're because because he speaks to he doesn't speak to me, but I will tell you that everyone loves him outside of I'm not crazy about him. He has made some really good songs. He's got great. His songs sound great. I don't he's not my cup of tea. I will say this. I think if Kanye hadn't gotten an album of the year award, he would not be whining as much because Kanye mm. is his direct competition. Right. Um and Kanye got the album of the year award, a whole nother, you know, and, and like I said, I listened to both records. I kind of, you know, I did the A&R version. I skimmed through artistically. The Kanye record is better artistically. Mm -hmm. Okay. And gee whiz, maybe the Grammys are supposed to be about artistry. I, so yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll take Vince Staples over both of them. Right, but honestly. he didn't. Go, yeah, I, and I'll, there's a million other rappers. Mm -hmm. I, I and I understand. You know what? Get your Junos. All right, right. Kanye can't get a Juno. <laughs> get a Juno. Shut up. You have a backup award to get. You know. I, yeah, he just is tiresome to me, and it's just, it's just to me, just such a sign 
of insecurity and weakness at almost four. Well, no, he's in his forties. I'm sure at this point, no, I don't think he's 40s. in his forties. I don't think, but he's, he's close 40s. to it. He's very rich. You have the affirmation you need. Again, really, if it's that important to you, yeah. Or if it's not, it, it's just the the performative of it. I'm going to be nominated, and then I'm going to pull my nominations. And you know what? That was like a 12 hour news cycle story, and nobody right. really cares. Nobody no. really fucking cares. Um, But something I think that is potentially a little more consequential with the Grammys is the whole um, songwriting credit for Olivia Rodrigo's um, Sour. And now her record is obviously up for album of the year and she's up for record. I mean, this is a substantial artist. So you um, you have some you want me to take this one or do you take it? Take it. Mm -hmm. All right. So basically. Jack Antonoff, who's a producer and a songwriter for basically everyone except for me and Courtney at this point, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we're, we're in discussions. Um, St. Vincent and who was the other person? St. Vincent. Oh, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, yeah. Um, uh, Olivia Rodrigo included them as co-writers on, I believe, one of her songs or two of her songs. Maybe the one that was nominated. So that's the one that's a big conference. Well, it turns out that uh, Grammys had said um, we can't give them song. They're not going to get nominated for a, a Grammy because they didn't really co-write it. What they did was it was an interpolation, meaning Olivia Rodrigo um took elements of their songs and they redid it in the studio. So it's not a direct sample. It's not a sample. It's sort of what happened with Elvis Costello and, and her song. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's the pump it up riff. And that's also the Elastica um, the guitar riff. But basically I think what Olivia Rodrigo did was preemptively give them co-writing credit to avoid a, a lawsuit potential and also to show their influence on her, which is a great move. But what the Grammys is saying is, okay, that's great, but they didn't co-write the song. You were influenced. You put elements of their song in it, but it's not a strict co-write. So they will not get the, if Olivia Rodrigo wins the Grammy, which I think she will for album of the year, or I hope she will, Mm. they will not get uh, a co-writing credit, which in the scheme of things, I'm sure Taylor Swift can live without that. And I think all three of these people being seasoned veterans, especially Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff, will not lose any sleep over this. But I, it's think an interesting, they, I think they'll understand that. Well, because also it's an interesting if, call, though. It is an interesting call, right? Because if you do take a little <laughs> smattering of something uh, uh, like a, you're uh, you're inspired by something, you create new art from it. It, it goes back to sampling. Right. So I understand giving people credit for where that idea came from. But they're right. They didn't write the song. So it's like, I believe in credits. You should be credited for that. And if you have to pay a sample clearance or something, I absolutely get that. Absolutely. But I don't think you should also then be submitted as an, you know, for album of the year if we're talking a line from one song. Or not even a line. It's almost like a, it, it almost feels like away from what I read, it was not even like a line. It was almost like a vibe. Right. You know, like I mean, because let's be honest, there's only so many notes on the keyboard. I mean, everything has there are lots of songs we've all listened to and go, wow, this really sounds familiar. So I think this was sort of her, you know, it, it it's like sort of the 
it's sort of like an Ed Sheeran and and kind of borrowing Scrubs. To me, that was mm-hmm. a lot more obvious because you're right. sitting there singing his song going, wow, this sounds a lot like Scrubs. And then, you know, Blurred Lines, that's a whole nother case. That to me was not an interpolation. That was I a, know. They kept trying that to was be an like, uncleared they, sample. They, they, <laughs> when they kept trying to have that fight, I was like, but, but. <laughs> I understand, but, but yeah. um, that's this song. <laughs> yeah, you know I I'm mean, because you know, you I'm know glad you, know? you added some other things on top <laughs> yeah. of that. But yeah. come yeah. on, don't yeah, try there's, it. <laughs> there's inspiration and there's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was one of those things where it wasn't until the vocals came in until you were sure what song it was. It's like you take <laughs> the most famous part of a song and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I was just inspired by it. And it's like, OK, yeah, we we're all inspired by things. So I think this was I think it was a. Um, uh, a magnanimous and interesting creative call mm-hmm. on Olivia Rodrigo because she has been very quick each time to go, yeah, you're right, and and not fight it. But I think the Grammys ultimately made the right call because we could be there forever. Then every goddamn person in the world, we could be there forever. So I think it's a good call. And I have to um, tell you, just from someone who's worked on a lot of albums, when I'm starting to see the amount of people credited on these records, it's like, it's we're really moving to something where it takes 9,000 people to make one record these days. I'm kind of, I'm waiting for, you know, when you get like, I'm, that's why I'm always excited when you get like the Adele's of the world or the Taylor Swift's of the world, where really, when you come down to those credits, it's not that many people. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole conversation. I enjoy I mean. a one producer album. I, I you know, I, there's a certain consistency. I like a one with, producer. There's album. a certain consistency that you really, really, really get. Well, they, and again, we should discuss this coming into New York. It's like, are you making an album or are you making a, a, a collection of tracks? It really is my my wish. I feel like Beyonce is a con- like as one of the biggest stars in the world. She's accomplished a lot. I'm going to be because I'm going to be really curious and I, I am really excited for the day that she decides. I know one day she will to say. I'm going to write this album myself, go back. Cause you know, she writes a lot and have a one, a one work with one producer. Like I, for some reason, I always think of like a, her and a, like a Rick Rubin album and her would be uh, really? a mate for some reason. I just feel like the way he likes to record and her, she would come out with I some. Think like, she's too much of a control freak to let Rick Rubin into well, the No, studio. remember <laughs> like you think about the stuff that he's done, his one, especially the stuff that, that, that he's done with women. I just, I, I think she's going to get to a place where she will pick one producer and do one producer and she write the album. And I think magic will come from that. Well, I mean, Jay I do. does have, I mean, Jay got his biggest, one of his biggest hits with Rick Rubin. I just, Rick Rubin is not the guy I would think of at first, but he does have the ears for anything. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I think it needs to be something like that. Cause who's it going to be these? Right. Everybody's running to the Jacks and the, this one. Well, no, she one. wouldn't go to Jack. Right. Dance I think it would enough. be somebody for this record. It would be someone like that really big who can come with like the thing is, he knows how to produce that kind of a sound, and I and you know, and I think that it would be something like that. Uh, you know, it's it's just you you like you said, there's something really magical about the thread of having a one producer album. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Unless you're not that kind of artist. I mean, right. there we we you know, it's like if you're not that kind of artist, if you're if you're an artist, I mean, let's be fair. 
um, some of the classic, you know, not classic, but some of the, the really important and big R&B acts of the 90s. It was evenly divided between two or three producers, and we were okay with that. But those producers did have a very trademark sound. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting an idea. But anyway, I, I'm glad the Grammys... Um, I'm glad the Grammys made that decision. Well, since you are the captain of the Adele uh, fan club, <laughs> why not? You know, I just, I got to tell you something really funny mm-hmm. and then I'll let you talk about it. Mm-hmm. So um, for my final homework for my, one of my classes, I, we, we were doing poetry. And so I have them, the students, if they want to submit a poem written by a poet and then explain why they picked it or song lyrics. Um, and one of my students submitted an Adele song. Mm-hmm. I mean, he formatted it all wrong and it was like, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but I just said to him, this is great, but you do have to be careful with stuff like that because you have to make sure she wrote it <laughs> because right. she works with collaborators, but it doesn't matter anyway. I mean, you know, bless his heart. Um, all right, Adele, what's going on with that undersung, well, struggling, <laughs> under, underwritten, underappreciated artist? Well, let's talk about how the tickets... <laughs> Started to go, was supposed to go on sale at a certain time at her yesterday. residency. It's a residency. Her residency, and of course, there was some kind of Amazon web outage, which completely started to delay the ticket situation because Amazon Web Services had, you know, they they host a lot of sites, and everything got screwed up, and people are really turned out because they kept not listing how much the tickets are. And people are just like, they're really uh, expensive. And I think a lot of folks are just kind of. How real? Give me an idea. Uh, expensive, like how? Hundreds of dollars a ticket. <laughs> um, all right. So, comparable. Okay. Who, who would be comparable to her in terms of what, are, uh, what, what were the Madonna I, tickets going for? I would say probably comparable to Madonna. Madonna was really expensive. Right. Madonna was really expensive. Yeah. Like Madonna okay. was super fucking expensive. Now that yeah, that's I what think I heard. About it. And well, but, here's the one thing about <laughs> Madam it. X, I really enjoyed that show, but Madam X was real. I, I felt, you know, Madonna, first of all, Madonna was my first. Like for all my my career, I can tell you, Madonna was my first hundred dollar ticket, two hundred dollar ticket, three hundred dollar ticket, four hundred dollar ticket. I'm a person who maxes out. I will not pay more than four hundred dollars for a ticket, and I have to really like you. But I'm still lucky because, you know, I've not, you know, from all the years of working in the music industry, I, you know, knock on wood, I still don't really have to buy concert tickets. I'm still invited to shows mostly, but. You know, there have been times when going to Madonna, I'd be going to multiple shows and it just got really expensive. And I understand for a lot of Adele fans, some of the people feel, you know, they feel in the UK they're upset because the way the festival, like for the two high park shows, the tickets are absolutely expensive. But even the cheaper seats in that expensive area are not close to the stage. And if you want tickets that are closer to the stage, I believe they're like six hundred to nine hundred dollars for those seats. You know how and we so, solve this problem? Mm-hmm. Don't buy the tickets. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but you I know, mean, people fans, need. People, the, yeah, people That's, need. I mean, I agree with you hundred percent. I, 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 and I'm also with the. It is fucked up, right? But if you, it's one of those things. Like if you 
can't afford it. You kind of just can't. And it's, but it's fucked. I get that wanting to see your favorite artist. Of course. And then realizing if you're just a person, an average person, you know, family and kids, the thought of coming up with extra hundreds of dollars for one night for a show does not always work. It's obscene. It's obscene. Um, I just want to mention for our home viewers that Courtney and I do this over Zoom and we're halfway through the show and he didn't tell me that my my Oh, because well, oh, because you're a woman. No, no, no. Because you're a woman, and I'm thinking first thing in the morning. Maybe this day she wasn't feeling well, and she doesn't want to be seen on camera. So I'm not going to be like put your camera on because we're not taping video. Because I know today I almost I feel like I got hit in the face with two frying pans. I could have absolutely had my camera off. No, it's just funny because I was like, holy shit. I didn't even turn on. No, I, I, you know, look, I would never pay. I, I have paid. I, I would never pay that. That's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and, What's you the know, most you've ever paid for a ticket? $15. <laughs> I'm serious. Or no, maybe back when I was a civilian. No, probably $30. I, I don't pay for shit. I'm sorry. This is a horrible right, thing been, to say. No, I was about to say, it's been a long time. So I'm sitting here like, it's, I'm, I'm not trying to be like extra. Like, I'm not trying to be extra. No. But to be really honest with you, if I can't get in for free and it's a bummer. It's like, oh, whatever. Life goes on. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I was very lucky at a point in my career oh, thing. where it the wasn't pre-sale, even a, wait a minute. I didn't even realize this. The pre-sale got knocked until today. So oh. it didn't even go. People, that's another reason why they're, they're so pissed. Because here's the thing. Everybody knows the tickets are going to be really expensive. They won't put the prices anywhere. So you have to do all this t- verified fan shit. You won't know until today at noon if you've gotten the if you've gotten the code to be able to buy tickets, how much. But everyone knows that they're about to be hundreds to uh, probably thousands of dollars. I, I'm going to say something really me- not mean, but <laughs> not mean. I like, I think Adele is great. Mm -hmm. She has a history of vocal problems and Mm -hmm. she's not, and she has always been, you know. Which is why it's smart to do two shows, two weekends. No, I'm sure it's Mm going to be a great show, Mm -hmm. but I have, please don't take this the wrong way. People can do what they want with their money. But if this is obvious, if this is honestly a conversation, you're you're back and forth with yourself. I'm talking about the fan. Mm -hmm. Come on. Come on. It's just ridiculous. Right. It's her right. You go yeah. with what the market, if the market would bear it. But I just think in the cosmic scheme of things, it, I think it's ridiculous. Well, especially, but, but sometimes, especially, especially yeah. since it's not going to be an expensive show to mount. That's she not doesn't true. Have, that's not true. That's, she doesn't that's, have that's, dancers. Yes, but that's the thing that people don't realize. Even shows when you have your band and, and running a show, they are really expensive to run. Even if you don't have dancers, you know what I mean? It, it so that I'm never going to say because I I've, I've played with costs for every kind of show and shows can be expensive. And, you know, listen, if you're an expensive artist, your musicians are top tier, people are getting paid. Oh, everything you're factoring in to those prices is the housing for everybody that you've hired that's doing this show. Like you want the show not to just break even and make money. So I understand right. That like like a show like Madame X was really expensive, but still with Madonna and all the late fees, she lost money on that tour because if you want to come on at 11 o'clock at night in most cities that are union houses, well, if you're starting at 11 or after 11, you've already hit past union time. So everything's, you know, those kind of shows are expensive. My thing is this. I absolutely understand being upset 
but that means sometimes you just can't go, right? Is, yeah, you if can't that's go. really what it is. That's it. You can't go. All right. That's it. Mm. Wah, wah. She'll do an HBO special and it'll be fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be a bitch. Fun fact, I've been offered Adele tickets and I was like, no, that's okay. Like no, when she was I mean, at the garden last time and I really like her, but yeah. I was like, I'm not ready. Like, I know if I... If I really want to see her one time, if there's a moment that it hits me to be like, go see Adele this time, I will. But I was like, I get it. Yeah. I know what it's going to be. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. All right. Um, fuck Chris Cuomo. There's my. Oh my God. Well, so- Chris Cuomo's been fired and then yeah. they acted like he quit his serious XM show. But I'm going to say he was probably booted from that, too. Before. Yeah, <laughs> like, probably. And uh, Merry Christmas. So what else? What's next? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm so. Oh, oh. And Alec Baldwin. Shut the fuck up, please. Hi. I, I would- Shut the fuck up, please. Why are you doing interviews? Why? What? Like about your feelings? No one cares. No no one cares. There's All a right. full, full investigation still going on. We still don't know why any of this shit happened. Why loud live rounds on that set? You right. doing that interview, I feel like, was tone deaf. And to me, I saw an actor. The I wouldn't even watch the whole thing. The little bits I saw, I was like, you look like an actor acting. And this is bullshit. Shut up. I I'm, I'm, don't understand why he did the interview because... Any lawyer will tell you not to do an interview because it's an ongoing investigation, as you said, and things can be brought up. The one the one thing I will say in his defense, because I mean, and again, I don't want anyone to think I don't care about this, but people there is so much gun violence in this country. And I, I hope that this draws attention again to the proliferation of guns and our gun culture, because there was no reason there had to be a real gun on this set because you can CGI it. And I have my issues with Baldwin, as you do. I think he's a great actor. I think he's kind of an asshole. Um, the question, George Stephanopoulos asked him, "Are you? do you see yourself as a victim? And he goes, no, I do not. So I will give him, he did not say I'm a victim. He did defer, but I agree with you 100%. Why are you talking? There's a trial going on, or not a trial. But also, there's like, a- he doesn't feel guilty. It's like, listen, you may not have meant to shoot somebody, but how are you not wrecked with guilt? You, whatever was in your hand, killed somebody and hurt someone. You're in, stop fucking talking. Well, because it seemed very sorry. self-serving, self-serving Alec Baldwin bullshit. And it seemed like a performance. And of course, what happened? He got attacked on Twitter and again has deactivated his Twitter. Because people are looking at him like, what the what the fuck is wrong with you? This woman has a family. She's got a kid. It's like, no one needs to see you crying and giving your how you feel show. It's like, there's something about him that just really comes off like a sleazy, just a sleazy person. I don't, this is just not I think not he's cool. an asshole. I think he's long, kind of like, I will say though, <laughs> for a Catholic to say they don't feel guilt, that's major. <laughs> I mean, we're born with guilt. I was, was going to say, it's I like, mean, please no disrespect, but for a Catholic, I'm like, the whole religion is built on atoning for It's shit. like, you come in, you come into Catholic school like, you know you sinned this morning, right? Like, I know, Father, I know, I know, I, was I like, know. really? I mean, that's like major. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> you were born and raised, you're an Irish Catholic, born mm. and raised in the church, and you don't feel guilt. Every right. Catholic I know feels guilt Hello. whether they've been to church in the last Hello. five years. Old. Yeah. It's like, it's like sir. Wow. Sir. Well, you have transcended. But also, he's also married to a Spanish lady who's from Boston, and he tried to act like he didn't know. So, like, that just lets you know right yeah. there who that one is. And let's yeah. move on. What's next? Um, <laughs> uh, you can handle uh, 
uh, we were going to, you, uh, do you want to do the zoom one or do you want to talk about, um, Oh, please don't fire employees of a zoom. Don't make people think that they're going to have a Christmas call. <laughs> and then what is these men, these straight men, and their feelings are really incredible to me. Like, because Alec is straight man, his feelings in this student. He sat as you're firing people, being like, the last time I did this, I cried. How it made me feel. And then went on to tell everybody it was their productivity. And then you get, you find out later that he was calling them dumb dolphins and all kinds of crazy shit. I don't understand. Uh, dolphins are very intelligent, no. by the way. Dolphins so are weird. very it's intelligent. The and I am shit here to the defend you know the dolphins. You know what I'm saying? I was like, that's the animal you chose? I am. It's a mammal. It's like, you know I am saying? here to defend the dolphins. I was like, you chose one of the smartest mammals. Smartest in the animal. It's like, smartest okay. Mammal. They, uh, the flipper. Okay, that was a smart fucking fish there. You know no, I mean, say. this guy, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but he is supposed, supposedly he is just, uh, has been AKA terrible bus from the very beginning. So yeah. this, that he did, this is obviously horrible. This is the world we live in. But the fact that he, he's, it's, he's always been kind of a horrible guy from what yeah. I have read. Yeah. And I am glad in a way that it got media attention because things, Look, people get fired all the time. You've mm-hmm. been fired. I've been fired. But mm-hmm. there is a thing that you should, A, do it in person, mm-hmm. and B, come on, let them work through Christmas and then fire them, all right? <laughs> like, you, you all know, to. I don't know if you know this, but I kind of can have a big mouth sometimes. No. Shocking? I know, no. shocking. No. So, <laughs> I, that's it. I quit. <laughs> let me tell you what I did the time during a mass layoff. Um, I was working at this fun tech company called fab.com shout out to dre and all my people that i met there that i'm still friends with um this was uh and my friend jade 2011 i worked there from 2011 to almost the end of 2012 it was two years it was fun fun company but you know like a lot of tech companies they got a lot of funding started buying up all these other companies and kind of lost the heart of what the company was and start hiring all of these people. So of course, now they have to scale back and they decide they're laying off all of these people. And I was in, I started in production and then I moved to this department that kind of dealt directly with vendors and stuff. So I was part of the team that that got laid up. I didn't care because this was a break from the music industry. I was a, I was starting a new album in like a week. My energy was like, okay, cool. Like this experiment of doing something different and knowing that I could do something different was fun. And knowing that I could do a tech job was cool and learning about that. But I remember sitting down there and the owners of the company went upstairs to the roof to the people who still had their job and was telling them it's a sad day. Then there's... All of these people downstairs, I'm sitting around, including people like me who were there. Um, I was start. I was like number thirty something, something at the company. So there were people there from the beginning, and they're all crying, and I'm seeing all these young people crying. And they sent HR down to speak, and I stood up and I said, "I don't mean to cut you off, but do you see all of these people down here, motherfucking crying?" I was like, "Where are mm and mm? Well, they're upstairs. They're upstairs with the people who have jobs. Look at all these young people. They're crying." Why aren't they hearing from them? Like they're upstairs telling those people it's a sad day. I was like, this is bullshit. 
cut the speech and let's get to the part where you just tell everybody what their fucking conversation was. And honey, I literally stopped that meeting and then they broke up, pulled people into sections to tell them what their conversation was. Because I was like, don't sit here and tell people who are losing their job. It's a sad day when the owners of the company upstairs telling the people still have a job is a sad day. They should be facing these kids who are crying. Because I don't like it was such a weird thing. I've been part of a layoff before. I've survived layoffs at Sony. I've, you know, I've I've been laid off. But to see all of that in one room, and I always find it really interesting that bosses always chicken out at that moment and they don't face their people. And the way he did that, I thought, it just reminded me of that moment. I was like, that's a cop-out. You're a cop-out. That's bullshit. And it's bullshit. And treat people better. It's why a lot of people are fucking leaving their jobs and becoming entrepreneurs and doing different shit. It's like, there's a certain amount of, expect, of respect that you want from people when they work from you. And as workers, we give that shit. You know, you give it. But when they're ready to be done, it's the way you're just kind of discarded is some bullshit. Do fucking better, bosses. Do better. All right, I'm done. Let's move on. What's next? The one time I got fired, I got fired from VH1 when I was mm-hmm. on air and a, and a writer. So they fired me mm-hmm. and they had put my office next to the supply cabinet. So I cleaned it out <laughs> and I sent my son's school like two huge boxes. Of, no, you think I'm kidding? I sent my son's school, like elementary school, like boxes of reams of reams of copy paper. <laughs> Every child at PS20 had a Viacom pencil. Okay. Then... No, I'm serious. Then I love. Did, so wait, did you literally just go and you were like, "Fuck that"? Let me. No, it's in my office. They put me in a. They put me in a in a closet. You literally were in the supply closet. I was in the supply closet. <laughs> there was a door because they put me in there because I used to sit in the writers' room right. and I used to drive the writers nuts because I would hold for it, play music, mm-hmm. and and I would finish my job at. 30 I'm like, I've been here for my eight hours. I got to go home, pick up my kid. And, and you know how people love to work late. They think it's like mm-hmm. a sign of achievement. I'm like, not mm-hmm. me. I got a kid to pick up at daycare. But anyway, and then they stoop. All right. So I cleaned out the closet. You know, everybody gets a hole puncher. And then they stupidly rehired me. I'm like, <laughs> and I went downstairs to wardrobe for the show I was on. And I was like, everything I've owned, box it up. Everything you put me in. Right. And, and they were so happy. Mm-hmm. And I still have shoes from back then. It was great. Anyway. I love it. You were like, my size. All yeah, of my, these are now. mine. You bought them for me to wear. You can't use them again. It's not like you can borrow shoes and return them. They always borrow. These were my shoes with my name inside of them. And I was like, but yeah, every kid at PS20 had like a Viacom pencil. That's hilarious. Shout out to VH1. Thank you, Viacom. You wouldn't, give, you, you, wouldn't give, you wouldn't give me unemployment, but I could. I took. You wouldn't give me health care and you wouldn't give me unemployment, but I got your pencils. You're like, but I got your motherfucking pencils I and got the your paper pencils. is was very appreciated. I believe children are the future, and you help them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> what, do you want to talk about what we were talking about, or do you want to? Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, uh, yeah. All right. We've we've had a mom- we've had <laughs> yeah. a moment of charity and yes, clarity you know I mean? on we've this had, show, honey. We've had a moment of charity, charity and clarity, charity and clarity. Mm-hmm. Jesus right. took the wheel. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're like, you know what? <laughs> Can you tell? It, we're getting towards mid-December. <laughs> Can you, you know, it's the end of the year. We're both like, hey, thank <laughs> you so much for listening. <laughs> like, what day? Oh, I just want to say one thing. I went to the theater the other night, Courtney. Oh, what'd you go see? Kiki and Herb, who I'd never seen before. Oh, wow. Free How ticket. Was- free no, ticket. Nice. <laughs> 
it was a gay old time. Nice. It was lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how I've managed not to see Kiki Herb, who were a cla- uh, been around uh, for years. Yeah, downtown, downtown Justin downtown Vivian legend. Bond and Penny Melman. Yeah. I love a holiday show. I mm-hmm. can safely say I have never been to a show in all my life where someone is doing jokes about Sylvia Plath sticking her head into an oven as a party trick. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone had to wear masks, very mm-hmm. safe, vaccination mm-hmm. status. ID, mask. Of course, since the audience was three quarters uh, gay men with money, they were fabulous masks. And mm-hmm. I had a blast. It was great. I was. It was great. It was lots of fun. And it felt nice to be in a room with people that said, I am getting COVID tested today because I was in a room with well, people. Well, the funny thing is, is I'm going to see Company next week. Oh, that's Broadway amazing. That's with, amazing. Uh, with, my old, with my old boss from Columbia. Nice. And... Um, I've just been thinking, even though I've been keeping it safe, I'm going to get COVID tested before I go home to see my mom because I'm leaving. On oh, the no, you should for sure. So I'm going to get COVID tested sure. like late, late next week. You know, it's uh, just to say about Kiki Herb, they, they did the Christmas show and all the jokes mm-hmm. and the Christmas stuff and all the craziness. And then for the second encore, um, Kiki, a.k.a. Justin Vivian Bond, sang Send in the Clowns. And I have never heard that performed live. And it really? is just well, I mean, who yeah. would I have seen who would I have seen that would have performed but so it? So like, many well, I was say, so live. many people have recorded that recorded yes, it. Yes, I've true. heard recording yeah. of it, but I've never heard it. So it's beautiful it's, live. It's beautiful. 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 It's beautiful. beautiful. Um, all right. Uh anything you want to mention here, my friend? Yes. Um, Thank you for rocking with us all year long, guys. You know, we're looking, you know, this is a time of year where everybody gets their year in numbers and We've had a lot of growth across the networks and, and you guys are listening longer. And I love that people tell me like, I'm behind, but we're listening to the shows and we're catching it's fun, up. Right? So, it's you fun, right? It? it is fun. And we, you know, next week is going to be our year end show. We're going to give you that. And then the next show will be the first week of January. So you have time all through the holidays to just catch up. We need to take a little break as y'all. You guys have rocked with us and we've got so much good shit coming in 2022, but we are talked out. We Yeah, our we, wish. Remember a while back we put certain people, I don't even want to mention the name because mm-hmm. they'll pop up in a box. I am officially mm-hmm. nominating Adele, anything Cuomo mm-hmm. adjacent. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Baldwin, box. Yeah, We're not yeah. talking about mm-hmm. him anymore. Drake too. Drake's it. Drake's yeah, let's at the, put Drake he's, in a box. He's right. At, he's not fully in, but he's right at the he's lid getting of the there. box. He's, he's getting the there. He's walking a little too close to the you box for I mean? me. So it's like, yeah, listen. maybe we won't lock him in the box no, like we're going like, to do with the rest. Yeah. Like, Miss Dream Girl. I can't yeah. Well, well. Yeah, I can't. She oh, Canada. Go. That's all right. I got to say. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so thank you guys. Thanks for rocking with us. We love you. Thanks for also checking out other shows on the Pantheon Podcast Network, like our buddies at Rock's Back Pages. We love them. And, you know, you guys should check them out. And who cares about the Rock Rock Hall and so many other shows. So, you know, you know what to do. You could talk to us. We're on Twitter at Finish Ima. We're there all day. Talk to us on Facebook at I'ma Let You Finish All One Word. We're there all day. Hit us on IG at I'm going to let you finish in why we're there all day. Hey, we're here all day, kids, without a two-drink minimum. Thank you for rocking with us. We love you. I'm going to let you finish. Court and Amy, Pantheon Podcast Network. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.